profoundly engaged in his company's purpose to improve people's health and well-being through meaningful innovation. Our next guest is guided by one consistent belief. There's always a way to make life better. Case Vestorp, Chief Business Leader of Precision Diagnosis at Philips, joins us to discuss the global transformation he and his company is leading that is helping billions of people to live healthy and prevent disease. Additionally, Case shares how Philips is giving clinicians the health technology tools they need to make precision diagnoses and deliver personalized care supported by a seamless flow of data. Join us to learn how Case is leading his team at Philips to drive a positive societal impact for billions of people worldwide. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Case, a heartfelt welcome to our podcast. I'm honored to spend time with you today. Mike, it's great to be here. Well, because of your deep industry experience and your guidance of Philips Precision Diagnosis Business Cluster, which brings together smart diagnostic technologies and integrated diagnostic solutions, including smart systems, informatics, and services to deliver precision diagnosis and enable precision therapy. I am so excited to dive into this conversation. As you know, we're going to have much to discuss on these timely and needed topics. But Case, first, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Case. It's almost time for our community to learn how you are helping lead Philip's purpose of improving the health and well-being of two and a half billion people per year by 2030, including 400 million in underserved communities through your dynamic combination of customer engagement, technological innovation, and business transformation. But before we dive into all that, Case, I have to ask you, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Well, Mike, look, I think that starts with being comfortable saying, I don't know. So what I mean by that is if you want to solve really, really tough problems or tough opportunities, you need to be willing to understand that you don't have all the answers and inviting experts, really smart people from all kinds of backgrounds into the equation. I can tell you early, early on in my career, actually, before I started to work in industry, I was doing my PhD. And at the defense of my PhD, the last question from a very tough professor was a question that I just did not have the answer to. And you can imagine as a young bloke getting that question, being tense about graduation, being able to say, I don't know, was bloody uncomfortable. But I can tell you that stuck with me for the rest of my life because actually the honesty of saying that and inviting also the following question, well, and this is how I think about it, what do you think, allowed for the conversation to go deeper. So I guess for me it is pursuing really, really tough problems, but also being honest and transparent where you're going to need help from the best talent, the best know-how, the smartest people in the world to solve the toughest challenges and opportunities that are out there. 
And that's how I want to reimagine the health of our world. Case, I love the starting point of this podcast today because I couldn't agree with you more, right? It's so important for us as leaders, especially as you know, as well as I do, and you work at a global level here with Philips, we're talking about the most complex industry, I believe, one of the most complex industries in regards to tough changes. So it's tough to create that change, right? But being able to have that humility and lead, especially with a global leader like Philips and you helping lead that charge, to be able to empower yourself to say, I don't know, Imagine what that does for your team members around you to make them feel that they're part of answering that call, answering and creating those solutions. Case, I got to imagine this is part of the culture at Philips as well, huh? For sure. For sure. Look, Philips is a real people company and it's highly empathetic. There's a high degree of inclusion and diversity. So showing vulnerability is actually a must have in our culture. And look, quite frankly, it's the only way if we want to solve those tough problems, We need to invite all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of people, all kinds of intellects into the equation. Well, it's certainly a breath of fresh air case. This is needed now more than ever, especially it's amazing. And I love to, you know, our CEO here at Olive is where you continue to create the Internet of Healthcare. We believe that you can get answers from every level and every division of the organization. It doesn't matter where he or she resides the best answers can come from any aspect of the organization. And speaking of that case, I cannot wait to dive in more about your leadership at Phillips, what you guys are doing there with your organization on a global level to make that serious impact for billions of people around the world. We're going to unpack all of that after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus, or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Case Vestorp, Chief Business Leader Precision Diagnosis for Philips. Case, we already set the scene, a strong one, coming out the gate strong with your how you think, your mentality, and that thesis of making sure we use the term, I don't know. Sometimes that's the most powerful way to get to solutions, create innovative products and technologies that are going to move the industry forward. And that's what we're going to talk about today, Case. We're going to talk about what you're leading at Phillips, how are things going, where are things heading, how we can be helping you, because there's a great story happening within Phillips, and I'm so honored to be able to have it on our podcast. So with that, Case, let's rewind the clock first. You know, number of years at Phillips. Give us a little bit of the journey. How did that come to be in the first place? How did you find yourself at Phillips? And then we'll talk a little current state. Yeah, terrific, Mike. Look, there is a red threat, and the red threat is twofold. One is purpose, and I'll talk a little bit about that shortly. And second is company transformation. Sort of both two themes are really important in the steps that I took as in my career, which quite frankly is highly nonlinear. I mentioned I 
was pursuing a PhD, a PhD in experimental atomic physics. I loved being a scientist, pursuing the edges of quantum mechanics, quantum physics is awesome. And it gave me a great sense of achieving something that had ultimately societal impact, namely advancing science. However, that actually made me feel also very confined. I actually worked in the last couple of uh, months of my PhD in CERN. CERN is the cyclotron in Europe, and we're working on experiments to prove certain aspects of the standard model. Now, let me not bore you with that, but it was so narrow that I realized I didn't understand some of the major themes that I read in newspapers about society or economics. And when my promoter, my professor asked me, so what is next? Are you coming back to lead to one of our groups? I said, no, but I did not have a plan. And fortunately, my promoter was also a great mentor. And he said, you know what? You might want to diversify and think about consultancy. And so from academics, I actually joined McKinsey. McKinsey as a general consultant pursuing various strategic projects for different industries. And quite frankly, it was an awesome university. I really saw it as a university. I sort of got a sense of economics, of how businesses operate on a strategy and so on and so forth. However, I was missing purpose because as a consultant, you don't d- deliver ultimately the strategies that you set out. You actually present that and you hope that your management teams to whom you present will pick that up, but you don't do that yourself. And I realized that I really, really wanted to do that myself. I got the opportunity in uh, the summer of 2006 to join the management team of NXP Semiconductors. So that's a technology company. And that worked also a little bit with some of the technologies that I'd worked with uh, during my PhD. And NXP Semiconductor was really a story of massive company transformation. It was a leveraged buyout. So it was owned by a consortium of private equity funds. And that really gave me the opportunity to understand what it means to drive a strategy, what it means to do change management, what it takes to have the shareholder perspective, what value creation means, what customer satisfaction means, and so on and so forth. And in that journey, I also realized that I want to amplify my impact. So apart from understanding that company transformation is a great thing, I want to understand how you can do that at larger scale. And because I was working closely with these private equity funds, I had the opportunity to also engage with them on broader opportunities. And hence, I joined Bain Capital, which was one of the investors in NXP Semiconductors. And I worked for that fund in Europe for five years, almost six years, on a variety of portfolio companies, really practicing what it takes to build terrific and great companies. And guess what? That is not all about financial returns. It's also about understanding employee engagements. It's understanding the drivers of growth. It's understanding of building great and differentiating propositions. Yet, also there, I realized that whilst I was really starting to understand what it takes to drive great transformations, there was a lack of societal impact and purpose. And I remember that every now and then, I would reflect back on the time of my PhD where you had that feeling of just doing something that so deeply motivates you and so intrinsically is correlating with your own values that I felt it's time to move and to do something that brings also something back to society and actually also to the next generation. And I was fortunate enough to be in contact with the current CEO of 
Phillips, which is Frans van Houten. And he said, look, we've got a phenomenal opportunity here because we're going through a massive company transformation as Phillips. By the way, the purpose of Philips, as you accurately mentioned, Mike, is to improve people's lives. It has deeply technology ingrained, and we really need somebody with a fresh pair of eyes to turn around one of the businesses. And that's how I ended up at Philips. And I can tell you, it's a phenomenal journey over the last five years of both learning what it takes to have an impact on society, i.e. improving people's lives, as well as driving the sustainability agenda of Philips, as well as driving large-scale company transformation, because I think most of us will know and realize that Philips moved from being a conglomerate to a health tech-focused company. And obviously, we have even further ambitions in that domain. Well, thank you for that history lesson, Case. It's an important one to set the stage, because I think you set me up perfectly for some of the things I want to ask, because it is so profound, and it is so important to think about where you and the leadership team want to take this global household name, over 85,000 employees, a name that we all know, respect, and trust for many years, and to think that you guys are wanting to completely transform and take it to the next level, and to do it in a way that is completely profound, as I said earlier, by improving the health and well-being of two and a half billion people per year by 2030, which is, you know, Case, that's not far away. And then also to impact over 400 million in underserved communities. This is amazing. This is profound. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment, Case, and how you get there. But you specifically, you're really focused on MRIs or computers and tomography, advanced molecular imaging, diagnostics, x-ray, the precision medicine, all of that. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But let's first talk about that whole notion of serving over two and a half billion people in the next eight-ish years. How did that come to be? And is that possible? It is very possible and we're well on our way. So we already measured today how many lives we impact. And there's a huge multiplication effect because if we provide a superior solution to a health system in America, then obviously that health system impacts many patients and people. And so we're well on our way towards that mission. It's actually underpinned with the innovations that we bring forward. And so this is not like an ambition high in the sky. This is something that we're deeply, deeply committed to. Quite frankly, we measure our own solutions, each individually, in terms of the impact that it brings to patients, to the society at large, to the health systems. And so it's highly quantified. Well, Case, we just talked about a little bit of where things are heading, future state, where are you going to impact those billions of lives by 2030? We're going to go back to that in just a moment, but let's get back to current state. You mentioned earlier about this notion of of Philips being this conglomerate and transitioning and transforming into this health tech company. So what does that mean for all of us? What does that mean for the marketplace? And what does that mean for Philips? What does that transition look like? And what does that mean for all of us? Mike, that's a terrific question. And Look, the way we think about it is the health continuum. So think of it as preventing people to get sick, diagnosing people when they are sick, making sure that we can treat them accurately and in the right way, and then ultimately also providing home care and aftercare. That's the health continuum. Our portfolio is exactly focused around that. So in terms of preventing people to get sick, we have our personal health cluster with specific propositions keeping people healthy and fit. I lead the cluster that's called precision diagnosis. Obviously, that's all about providing precise diagnosis, but also starting to guide into care pathways. My colleague, 
Bert van Meurs leads the image-guided therapy business that is all about minimally invasive therapies, which is great because on the one hand, it allows for targeted treatment, but also done in a way that it has minimal patient harm. And then ultimately in connected care, that is where we take care of the patients after the treatment has happened. Also, by the way, during a treatment, think of patient monitoring, but also in settings where it's no longer in the health system, but for instance, at home. So we really provide solutions across the health continuum. And we've done that by adapting our portfolio from a diversified conglomerate to a very focused health tech company. And what does that look like as well, Case? And thank you for setting the stage there. It's an exciting one. Fortunate I was able to go to a conference earlier in 2021 and I saw the beautiful Philips booth there and all the wonderful things, all the technology you guys are bringing to the marketplace. It was so impressive to see. So with that Case, we talked earlier about impacting 400 million people that are underserved, right? And then you talk about precision health. We talk about wearables. We talk about connected health, patient monitoring, all that. How does Philips answer that call to serve the underserved when we start thinking about, well, is technology too expensive? Can we get it down to a price point per you know, economic unit to be able to serve that? What are you seeing there, Case, and how do we truly go and serve those 400 million underserved that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'm going to give a very specific example because I think that will color it in the best way possible. So think, for instance, of Africa, where you want to make sure that expecting mothers will have their ultrasound at the right time. Well, there's not a whole lot of capability nor infrastructure. So we have, for instance, ultrasound solutions that connect directly to a mobile device such that you can bring it into the field. That mobile device then also talks home such that in real time, in a virtual way, you can get an expert sonographer looking along, making sure that that readout is done in the right way and the diagnosis is done in the right way. What I'm describing is nimble hardware that is real-time connected and powered by telehealth solutions such that any expertise, any know-how can actually reach into the furthest remote areas, whether it's Africa, whether it's India, and therefore really provide access to care in a cost-effective way. So powerful. And it's such an exciting vision into what is now. These aren't things that are happening in the future. This can happen today because of organizations just like a Philips. It's so exciting case. Let me also ask you this. We talk about it a lot in the industry. You mentioned the other clusters that your colleagues are leading. And when you start thinking about across all of Philips and we start thinking about the power of data and what that can mean, AI, predictive, machine learning, all of that. How important is that to the roadmap of really answering the call of serving those billions of people by 2030? Mike, that's super important. And so I'll start off with saying that we will stay very, very committed to innovating in the domain of hardware. So think of a scanner. However, empowering those with informatics and AI is definitely the future. Now, the very obvious analog to make is, for instance, Tesla. Obviously, we are also working and actually already deploying software-defined scanners. And why is that important? First of all, you reduce the hardware in a way that it just has the minimal amount of elements in a modular way that it can easily be surfaced and that also the footprint on the planet is actually reduced. So that's also good in terms of a sustainability angle. But more importantly, the lifetime and the impact of that specific scanner is much, much, much greater. So if you can over the air import clinical and workflow applications 
such that that scanner stays relevant and stays current in the setting of a health system, then obviously you're doing a great thing. You're reducing the cost of that specific health system because it doesn't every time have to acquire a new scanner. And secondly, you make sure that the cutting edge is available to the professionals in the field such that they can come with even better diagnosis. It's an exciting, exciting vision and where we are at with everything and, and the capabilities that all of us can now take part in, see those benefits in our own personal lives. So Case, I also, before we go in kind of future state and what you're seeing and what your team is seeing on the horizon, the world has changed quite a bit, as you know, and is continuing to accelerate. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment, where things are heading and where you see Philips fitting into that new future state. But before I go there, Case, I have to ask you, because it's such an exciting time for you and the team going from, again, this mindset of and being a conglomerate into this health technology focused company and that transformation. What has gotten you most excited about through that transition, that transformation, what you've seen personally with not, maybe not even just your colleagues, but even the end user, the patient, the consumer, what has this transformation been like for you and your team? Look, I think the biggest part of the transformation is the incredible power of informatics and artificial intelligence. And you already said it. You asked me the question on how important is that? It is very important. And maybe five years ago, if you would have asked me that question, I would have said part of it is in hype. Well, actually untrue. So being a leader of a business or a cluster or a company is also about disconfirming your beliefs. Artificial intelligence is here to stay. It's going to have a huge impact and it will in particular have an impact if it's seamlessly embedded into the workflow. And what has really, really made myself and the broader team quite proud is if you look at our solutions today, every solution, whether it's a hardware and informatics solution, has a degree of artificial intelligence embedded. Now, you would say, as a consumer, you already see that with your mobile phone. So just think about how often you get, if you've got an iPhone, how often you get recommendations from your iPhone. Maybe you want to play this song. Maybe you want to set your alarm at that point in time. So it's quite obvious for a consumer. But think about the clinical setting. The barriers to have something like that embedded with clinical relevance is actually quite large. And the fact that we're able to do that today in a clinical setting, in a workflow setting, and really helping the transformation towards value-based care. I can tell you that really uh, excites me. That's something that I'm very proud of. And that's where I think Philips in particular is uniquely positioned because of the strength and innovation on the hardware and the system side, as well as in the informatics and artificial intelligence side. And you just mentioned it. That is today. That is here. This is what you guys are up to now. And you're very excited and proud of it. So let's go to tomorrow. Let's start talking about future state. Where are things heading? Again, I Sometimes I, I used to ask in this podcast before the pandemic, where do you see things heading in the next five to 10 years? But things are accelerating so much. Also, cases and aside, one thing that I have seen amidst this great tragedy that has been the pandemic, it has been amazing to see some of the phoenix that are rising from those ashes in regards to having to change, right? Look at telemedicine, look at how rapidly deployed vaccines, right? And I think these accelerants and innovation that are going to positively impact society writ large across the globe are only going to continue to accelerate. And I believe, and I can't wait to hear it from you, Philips is perfectly positioned to answer that call. So as opposed to say even 10 years, what does the next three to five, you know, two to three, one to three years look like for you and the Philips team in really answering the call of answering that mission of impacting two and a half billion people within the next seven years? Terrific question. And look, part of it is in the answer of my title, which is precision diagnosis. But I believe, and I am confident that we will also achieve it in ultimately providing 
something that's very, very close to the digital twin. Now you would say, Mike, what is that? Just imagine that today you would open up your iPhone and you would have Case, my digital copy running in the background saying, hey, Case, your stress level is high. Your heart rate is slightly irregular. Your blood sugar does this. Your VO2 max has dipped a little bit in your recent workout. The combination of that tells me A, B, or C. By the way, you've been sleeping at an irregular rate and so on and so forth. Now you would say, Case, those are things that we can do today. Agree. What if you would combine that with your genomic profile, your priors from radiology appointments, and so on and so forth? You would have to believe that ultimately you can construct the real-time digital copy of a persona. Then people will say, yeah, but that's a challenge because there are privacy issues associated with that. I have to believe that we can do that in a way that it's secure, where it is only known to me and where I have the relevant data at hand. I'll tell you a personal story why that is so precious to me. And it's a bit of a dark story, sorry, Mike, but I'll end on the positive. So two years ago, my mother was diagnosed with late stage bowel cancer. And it was in such a late stage that unfortunately she passed away in a three month period. I was very lucky to be able to be her partner in that journey, her buddy, I think, as you would say, it's an American. So I followed her care pathway for three months. I drove her from one hospital to the other, and there were a couple of profound insights. So in a mature country like the Netherlands, you still have to book your appointments through postal mail. In a mature country like the Netherlands, you still have to bring all your priors on paper file to the next doctor. In a mature country like the Netherlands, there will be no availability of technical staff to help you on uh, getting prepared for the next scan and so on and so forth. What I'm describing is that the digital twin is the future, but the steps towards that are incredibly obvious already. And so I want to make sure that a patient is guided through the care pathway with seamless information exchange as the first step. And from there, Obviously, we're going to innovate more and more to provide that digital twin. But let's please just start already with making workflow simple, making sure that information flows seamlessly from one department to the other. And also, let's make sure that the patient is really empowered to understand his or her care pathway and those kind of solutions I want to offer. Now, that also comes with simple solutions like a patient feeling very comfortable in an MR scan being comfortable on the table, making sure that she or he is at ease and understands what's happening next. All of that is a combination of hardware innovation, but increasingly so, and this comes back to the prior conversation, informatics and AI is going to play a critical role. It needs to be interoperable. It needs to be vendor agnostic and information needs to flow freely. So ultimately the digital twin, that's definitely the holy grail. But already in a very humble way, there are some really, really obvious steps that we have to take together with health systems, together with our customers, together with professionals, together with patients to make information flow seamlessly. Well, Case, I think you may have teed yourself up for another episode because this whole notion of digital twins to me is an exciting one. You kind of hinted at maybe some blockchain in there, right? We talk about security of data. What does that look like? What does blockchain and healthcare look like? So I'm just throwing it out there, Case. You may have just inadvertently signed yourself up for episode two on our nationally ranked healthcare and innovation podcast. It's an exciting future. And one that I, and to your point, I think one that we can get there quite quickly. There's a lot of technology. There's a lot of innovation out there. 
We just got to get it together, piece it together. And as I believe, we need to work together, right? This is where we are now within the industry. It's an ecosystem play. All of us got to work together in this to answer the call because I know we can get there. So Case, a very exciting future and I can't wait to chat more about that. But let's stay on course. We're almost done here, but we want to be able to help you out as well. Our community rallied around this podcast, some of the brightest minds, some of the most passionate innovators in healthcare moving the industry forward. So of course, we want to help you out as well. So what is one problem, need, or question that you and the team at Phillips have that we can be helping you with? Sorry, Mike, it's going to be three. It's your episode case. If you have three, bring it. Okay, let's go. Let's go. So first and foremost, everything I just said hinges with the fact that whether or not there's going to be enough and fast enough digital adoption. And we all know that the next generation will easily embrace the new digital tools, but there's also a lot of people who have worked in a different context. Now, the pandemic has really, really accelerated that, which is a positive of a very, very tough situation. But because people were forced to work from home, also radiologists, for instance, teleradiology tools were adopted and embraced. And it's shown that actually you can break through that, let's call it change resistance of using new tools. But where I need help, we need to accelerate that. We should not accept that information flows via postal mail towards patients as just one nitty gritty example. We should accept that everybody becomes digital native. So that's maybe the first. The second is, look, I come home, I have four children, I have a terrific wife. I come home and talk about my work and I can talk very passionately about all the advances that we're making in health. But I also want to talk about leaving a better planet for the next generation. And so one of the missions of Philips is to really be a pioneer on making sure that we leave the planet in a better shape for our children, for the next generation. But we cannot do that alone. So for instance, we've started a few years back what we call Closing the Loop program, which is our commitment to take all the equipment that sits out in the field that's no longer used. We take it back, we either refurbish it or we recycle the parts, but we make sure it gets a second life. We can only do that if we work together with health systems, if we work together with our customers, and if people equally lean in. And then the third is the war for talent is on. I need the brightest people, the smartest people from all generations, from all corners of the world, no matter what beliefs, we need that diversity of thought in our team. And I'm very, very keen to get ridiculous talent into Philips to really pioneer some of these uh, steps that we're set out to do. Well, Case, I'm glad, again, this is your episode. You took it from one to three, but those were three strong asks and needs that our community can be thinking about. So thank you for that. But of course, in order to help you with those three, they need to be able to get a hold of you. Where can we find you and the team online, whether it be websites, social media handles, or otherwise? Case, where do you want to point the community to? Well, call me old-fashioned, but I'm on LinkedIn, and that's probably my uh, focal point. So definitely on LinkedIn. And then obviously, we've got a great website, the Philips website, that has all the information, has all the context, where you can also find the management team. But the easiest is just to connect me through LinkedIn if there's specific ideas, thoughts that people would like to share. Well, easy enough. And certainly cases active on LinkedIn. I follow him and engage with him over there. And you can easily find those contact points in the episode notes. So simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player and click on through to get a hold of Case and the team. Of course, you can always head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode with those contact points in there as well for Case and the team. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Case, 
We'll have to go offline soon, maybe start rescheduling that or scheduling that next episode to talk about digital twins and the future and everything happening. It's a wonderful and exciting time and the things that you're leading. We're going to wind this episode down. Before we get you out of here, I got one more piece. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because I want to improve people's lives and leave a legacy for the next generation. I love it. I love it. Well, it came through through this entire conversation today, Case, and Thank you so much for taking the time to join up. I have been looking forward to this conversation. I absolutely revere and admire everything that Phillips is up to and leading. This has been an absolute joy and honor to be with you today, Case. Thank you so much for all that you do and to continue to inspire all of us that we can, in fact, reimagine the health of our world. So thank you again for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.